Yo, 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 what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood, and you're tuned into another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. Yeah, it's your girl, me, Marquita, a.k.a. Miss Hollywood. (laughs) We're going to start this thing right. Is it me or is it hot in here? Uh Uh-huh. We're going to try this thing again. Is it me or was it hot in here? So Hollywood. So Hollywood. So Hollywood. So Hollywood. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to get ignorant. The Hollywood lights are bright. Let's get right for a little bit. The vibe's so low, so let's go and bump it a little bit. Let's celebrate life like it's going to end in a little bit. Hit the bottom a little twist and mix it with some of this. And mix it with Hollywood and you're far from monotonous. Hey. The the gas can't even produce more hotness than this hip hop pop. It's every male accomplice. Hey. Marquita, but they like to call me who? Miss Hollywood. <laughs> We're going to try this thing again, one more again, one more again. But it's all good. We're in a better place. And uh, if you don't know, I like to do a recap. But before that, oh, I got bars today. I'm on a robe. Call me butter. Put me on a robe, baby. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, so Hollywood the Podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally. I bring them together with this thing called entertainment. <laughs> My last episode I had June Summers. He is a rapper turned singer turned CEO turned um he's producing some um what is it? I can't tell y'all. Y'all got y'all just gotta go look at that episode. It was episode fifty six. Today I have episode fifty seven. I have a special guest in the building today. Catch the latest episode on your favorite podcast streaming platform. <laughs> yep, and of course you can follow me here, so Hollywood the Podcast and watch it live. Yes. Um also, go to www.allofhollywood.biz, like, share, subscribe, you know, donate, you know, hook a sister up. I got merch coming, as you can see, on my, you know, on my tacos and titties. But uh, we're going <laughs> to get into that. <laughs> we'll follow my last guest, June Summers, J-U-N-E-S-U-M-M-E-R-S. Uh, 45 after, I like to do this thing called Top 5, 5 Questions, 5 Answers, all of which are catered to my guests. Um... 50 after I like to do this thing called exclusive access, which is anything that you can give my listeners that haven't given to anyone else or that you haven't given to anyone else. 55 after is wind down shout outs, last words where they can find you, your newest single that you just dropped. We're going to get into that. <laughs> and last but not least, something I like to do is called question of the day. Question of the day is answered at the end of the show because I have a guest and it's going to be great. Um, it is. What bothers you about the industry? Why and what is your solution to fixing it? 
Um, so without further ado, episode 57. Hi, we have bots. Houston, <laughs> Houston native, social media influencer, artist, multi-Grammy, Stellar Award nominee, TV compose like I, I could just go on and on and give you your flowers, but we're gonna talk about it here shortly. You're 20 years in the, in the game. Uh, you sold over 12 million records, and I'm pretty sure it's more than that right now. All y'all can see is my chest. My bad. I'm sorry, y'all. No pun intended. My bad. That wasn't even uh, my bad. <laughs> I can go on and on, but you are also I consider a comedian, and you just dropped a new single called "Tacos and Bitties." How you doing today? I'm good. I'm back in the eight, so my signal's Woo! gonna be straight now. Look at God. <laughs> so we can get all this good information from you in a in a um a better form. So we're gonna do we Yeah, gonna... <laughs> man. I'm actually headed to the studio, so oh. by the time we finish this interview, I'll be at the studio and I got plenty of good signal there, so we straight. Awesome. Well, me, my son, and my family, we're going to go ride bikes after this. So, you know, got to do mom well, things got, and stuff. I got I got my workout in this morning. You know, I hit it early in the morning. I'm not going to hit it. Oh, okay. You did it when you was in Clubhouse or before prior to Clubhouse? Because, you know, Clubhouse Actually, is early as hell. It's seven, it's 7 to 11. So what I do is I got actually got it down like a, as a, a alarm on my phone. I mean, I'm an early bird. Like I woke up at like six thirty, and I oh. go hit the, I hit the gym at the hotel today. I didn't. I didn't drive. What up, man? <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't drive to uh, Planet Fitness. I did yesterday when I was in Dallas. It was one like ten minutes from the hotel, but I got in so late. I was like, man, look, I'm gonna just go down, and give me some cardio, do me a couple of squats, work on my stomach, do some more cardio, and I'm out. Mm, but i hate it it's, it's, it's a part of my life so. <laughs> so let's get this interview started i'd like to ask all of my guests this um this question how did this thing called entertainment enter your life well um <laughs> i started playing drums at the age of four uh-huh. and uh my dad was a, a pretty local uh famous famous local quartet singer gospel quartet singer and he had a group and one of the nights when I was like five years old, I used to go to rehearsal all the time. And one time at a gig, the, the drummer didn't show up. So my dad just told me to go play the drum. So right. I, <laughs> I, I, my little chubby ass back there and played the drum. <laughs> Your little chubby ass. <laughs> you know, to be 100% honest, my last... My last episode said the same thing. His daddy was into the, his daddy ended up changing his life. He was just like a, the top billboards hits. And he was just like, I'm making you go to church and sing in this choir and you just going to be good at it. And so <laughs> that's what happened. That's how I go down. That's how I go down in the black, in the Negro, the Negro household. <laughs> oh, you going to work. You learn gonna how to play, sing, do something. You ain't going to be playing basketball or football or all that jive. Ain't, ain't that what it's called? J- all that jive. <laughs> right. That was back right. in the day. Right. So you were placed into a yeah, position by your father in which you had no experience. So that was around age, you said four. Around I age was five when my first five. gig. Okay, yeah. your first gig. And your dad placed you into that position. So... <clears throat> 
did you self-learn or was everything like, oh, well, we're going to get you these classes. We're going to help you out at least. Or was it just like, we're going to throw you to the wolves and if you swim, swim from there? <laughs> Man, he threw me to the wolves. Oh. And like, better doggy paddle, son. <laughs> and so from there, yeah, everything was self-taught. Um, so I've never had a professional lesson uh, to date on any instrument I play, whether mm. it's the organ, whether it's the piano, whether it's the bass guitar, whether it's the drum, none of that. Wow. Wow. So coming up, that was around five years old, you said. And were you still into, like, gospel music, like, growing up? Or when did that transition, like, happen? Because you're originally from Houston. And I know it's yeah. chopped and screwed. Raid, and I know, <laughs> I know how y'all roll. So, <laughs> so yeah, when did uh, that transition happen for you? Because I know you're also, you said you also play the um, pianos, in which that's also a funny story. How you yeah, got, well, got into that? Yeah, I'm a, um, I think I, I like to I like to give my mom credit because my mom, her musical palette wasn't just gospel or R&B. My mom made me, not made me, but she just listened to everything. Mm-hmm. So, I, growing up, I knew about Simon and Garfunkel, Paul and Oak, wow. uh, you know, Paul, you know, stuff like that. Right. I, I, it wasn't just on the Saturday morning, the typical gospel stuff. I know. I mean, I knew about Luther, I knew about Freddie Jackson, I knew about Whitney. So, my mom gave me a balance which I really credit now, you know, for, for my musical taste, because I tell people I don't produce a genre. I produce music. Mm. I don't really have a, I don't. Okay. I got put no signal. Uh, yeah, I don't like genres. So um, I played gospel. I played in the church on drums until I was 18. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that that afforded me a, a, a lot of opportunities. Like um, in the summers, I used to go live with my grandmother in Fort Worth because I was just, geez, I was bad. My mom wanted to get rid of me for a few months. So uh, it'd be funny if she hop on there. What up, Jeff? And so um, the crazy thing is the minister of music at my grandmother's church was Kirk Franklin. What? So, yeah, so I grew up playing drums with Kirk Franklin. There's videos of me when I was in middle school with a big old hot top sitting next to Kirk Franklin on the organ playing the drums. What? Was this yeah. before he was <laughs> Kirk Franklin? <laughs> was this before he was Kirk it Franklin? Was. Or was it? Okay, okay. Right, right. It was before he was Kirk, Kirk. He was just Kirk. <laughs> when you say it twice, it means something. <laughs> right, you know, black folk, anytime you say something twice, I mean, is she fine? She's fine. <laughs> She's fine, fine. Why do we do that as a culture? That's that's a whole nother subject because we'll make some shit up in a heartbeat, and and other black folks will be like, words that ain't got no s. I tell people all the time, they we got it's Kroger down here. There's not an s on Kroger. I love Kroger. See, I even Kroger. said I said Kroger with an A. We, yeah, I that's love... better than putting the S on stuff. <laughs> Kroger. 
Okay, okay. So let let's get let's get back to it. So the way you became a pianist is it pianist or I don't even know how to say that word. Well, it was the keyboard at first. Okay. I didn't I didn't Boom. get to the piano. Okay, the pie Annie. The p- but um, yeah, the pie Annie. Um, yeah, I was playing drums for this this church, and the the the, the musician ain't show up. The keyboard is or organist. And so the pastor was like, hey, about to go get on keys. And I was like, what? I don't know how to play no dang keys. Wow. You do tonight. I got pimped twice. <laughs> you got pimped into to doing two things. But it ended up working hey, in man. your favor, though. It for sure yeah, ended yeah. up working in your favor because that's what, that's some of the things that, you know, gave or make you who you are today. So with that being said, did you after knowing that you wanted to be in the in the music business, what what transpired in order for you to make it there? Because I know um, you, at one point you was working at least like three jobs to to make ends meet, and something big happened. So can you elaborate on that part while you was working working those three jobs? <clears throat> Well, while I was working those three jobs, I still didn't know I wanted to be in the music business. Okay. I mean, I love music because, like I said, I played I play drums all my life, and I was just getting into playing keyboard. So, but I still didn't, you know, I didn't know what a producer was. I didn't know what a track was. It wasn't until I started working at Guitar Center where I understood, you know, the difference between all of that. And I learned, you know, technical stuff like software and programming and all that kind of stuff. That's when it kind of started coming together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Guitar Center. I love Guitar but, Center. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a common ground for for music, music for Yeah, for real. Because you can find any and everything in Guitar Center. Whether you want to play play on it and walk and go home, or either you could just buy it and bring it home with you. But they be they look like they annoyed sometimes. You, have you ever right. been so that that, was, that person, or were you playing along with the with the clients? That's what made me get. That's what made me get hired at the guitar center because uh, I got to tell you, it's a funny story. When I first went to the guitar center, I was just like you and me, just somebody who loved music, right, and wanted to go in there and just play it and beat and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, I saw that they were hiring, and I applied. And the guy who, who hired me, um, his name is Bradley Johnson. He's like this Elvis type, you know, slick hair, uh, the button-up shirt, the black shoes with the white cotton type person. So um, totally different than, you know, people I grew up with and right. stuff like that. So um, he hired me, and um, we got, me and him got real close. Like, his family used to come to the store, so I knew his kids, I knew his wife. Wow. And I ended up he ended up leaving and moving to California and I ended up seeing him at this music convention. I want to say at least maybe 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I saw him and then his wife came out and he's like, he was like, Hey, baby, baby, honest, baby. Honest. And so she comes out and she's like, Oh my God. Hello, da, 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 da. And they said something like people always ask me, what is one of my inspirations? Mm-hmm. The next thing that came out of their mouth is one of my inspirations. And he said, um, tell Davion what we say every year when we're watching the Grammys. She's like, Bradley says every year he's waiting on you to walk out there and get your Grammy. Oh. And so, <laughs> yeah, that, 
that is one of the things that drives me. Like, I, I'm serious. Like, that was one of the things. When I got my first Grammy nomination, mm-hmm. like, I texted him. And I was just like, hey, I don't know if I'm going to win. But I got nominated. He said, no, you're going to win. We're waiting on you to win. He's like, that's cool and all, but you, we want you to win. So that's one <laughs> that's of the cool things that drives me. That's all. a cool little story. And, you know, it's pretty, yeah. and 10 years like, no, later, we, We're waiting though. on you to win. Right, but ten years later, even running yeah, into somebody like that and, and and rekindling that, and then eventually become nominated and being able to share something like that with that person is really it comes full circle. Mm-hmm. I, I tell it every day. Everything yeah. comes full circle, whether you wanted to or not. Like one day we're gonna meet, and I'm yeah, gonna and say the same I mean, we're thing. We're friends on Facebook and all that. Really, that's amazing. Yeah, we don't, man, I know. <laughs> Cause I know y'all yeah, are supposed to be coming to the built, DMV area. The, you said what? Man, he lives out in Cali, and he he didn't change his whole look. He used to be like Elvis. Now he looks like like a punk rocker. Oh, he said fuck so, all you that. Know, just, you know, <laughs> but, but that's my people, though, man. And so every time I go to Cali, I'll call him. Be like, "What you doing? We'll go meet up and, and you know hang out or whatever." But um, yeah, when we meet, it's gonna be crazy. You in what Ohio? No, I'm in Virginia Beach. I'm where Rothstein is. Oh, I don't know when I'm going to come out there. I know you're supposed to You met Rothstein be... already? Yes. Multiple times. I've interviewed him for one. And then for two, he came to the core DJ retreat, which, which was just in Atlanta, probably in June, I, th- I want to say. And oh, so yeah. we met in person at, in Atlanta. And I was like, bro, I just finished talking to you online. Now I'm meeting you in person. And that... That is where it just was like, man, this shit can really happen. You know, <laughs> one minute you talking to him on the phone and then the next man. minute you sitting and, and yep. having lunch, networking. And yep. it, that's what I love about this thing called entertainment is because it brings together like minded people that you normally don't see on a regular basis or hear or, you know what I mean? Talk to on a regular right. basis. But with that being said, what when was right. your transition to? Um, I know you said you signed a record deal um, to Swisher House. How was that? When did when did that come into your life? And was and you were still working at Guitar Center getting them discounts. <laughs> so when, <laughs> when did that come into your life? Because <laughs> you know, black folks love discounts. Like it's never a like. I want all the discounts. I'm downloading the app. What I'll get these points for? Yep, I want all right, of it. Right. We love, we love, <laughs> we we love free dot com. Black folks is the most free wantingest people on the God's green earth. And now that I think about it, I had my order. I, my first publishing deal was with Rap a Lot. What? So I was still working at yeah. I was still working at um. Guitar Center. When I did that, I, my my publishing deal with Swisher House came two years after Rap a Lot. Oh, how was so that? So I experience? thought about that once I was thinking about my timeline. Right. I had a, I unlike most people, I've had a great <laughs> relationship with Rap a Lot. Great. Well, let me Shout give you let me give you that disclaimer. <laughs> Shout out to shout out to Big Key, shout out to Red, mm-hmm. them people, you know. But I was a producer; I wasn't an artist, and I didn't okay. really need them for other stuff. You know, they just cut me checks. Right. So um, that was my first publishing deal. Um, I got to meet Lil J. Got to go to the compound. Got to you know, kind of wow. 
at this time, I was a fan of rap a lot because they had the Ghetto Boys, and you know that's what I grew up on. Right, so, right. Um, it was like kind of a dream in a sense that that was my first publishing deal, and so uh, that was cool. And then that got me through the door with Swisher House. Okay. And so, okay. I did Swisher House next. Swisher House and Swisher House. They at so that I went time the two, the two main H H pound labels. Mm. Yeah, they were they were popular. So were you still signed publishing with um Rap a Lot or did you just stop Rap a Lot and then sign to Swisher House? Mm-mm. Yeah, well the the production deals I did were were kind of they weren't like termy of okay. like you got to be here for two years. Okay, they were project based. Okay, okay, okay. So and I how do you feel? How do you feel about that? Like artists. today, as of as a as a producer, like what would you tell producers that? Like if you okay, first and foremost, what would you tell yourself today had you known everything that you would have went through? Um like what would you do different or what would you know the thing about the thing about my career is I I don't have the somebody stole my money from me. I've had a bad experience. I have not had anybody mess over me because I learned the game the right way. Like I learned about publishing. I learned about splits. I learned about, so I learned about that early. So I can't, I don't have the experience to go back and say, I wish I would have known about mm. publishing sheets, publishing splits back then. Cause I knew about it. Right. And so, like I said, working at Guitar Center, I learned about everything before I made one track. I learned a lot of foundation. And so I know we're going to get to that at the end, but that's kind of yeah. going to be, I'm on, giving a little uh peek into my answer which you want <laughs> yeah i had a i had a i had a solid foundation and knowledge of the business and what people fail to realize is it's called the music business, business. Mm-hmm. and you're usually going to make more money when you know the business and not the music right because it's, it's 95 percent talent and i mean 90 is 95 percent business and five percent talent now. right right and that ratio is closing every year because and also people people, people that's in the industry or just an artist or that one person just wants to be that one person nowadays. They don't want to take the time to learn the business as well as at least your foundation. Know who who's around you. Like first of all, start with that. Know who's in your circle. Know what right. you know what you're signing. Right. Know who's who's your bring who you bring into your circle. Like you should know everybody by name. Like there should never be a moment where you come across and be like, "Well, I don't know who the fuck that is." That that came with no, no. That's not how right, that thing right. works. You know what there, I mean? There is no reason in twenty twenty one where artists should be signing bad deals. There's no reason. If you sign a bad deal, you just a dipshit. <laughs> There's too much. That, and see, it's funny. My son's mother told me today. She said, "You are the hardest person on people I know." And she's like, I really appreciate it because in a world where soft softness is running people, you are a hard ass and you make people like, it's funny. People will text me, hey, what does P-R-O mean? And I'll say the same 10 seconds you use to ask me, you could have Googled it. <laughs> I'm not finna, I'm not finna, no, I don't have training wheels on nobody. And like, I got kids. That's okay. who I raise. I'm not raising no grown ass artists. Get off your lazy ass. Go read it. Go research it, and, and find out about yourself. I didn't. I wasn't given the game. I learned it. Mm-hmm. And, if anything, you so tell these... me about that shit. The fuck? If anything... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, don't get me started on these. 
that's one of the reasons people say, why you ain't started a label or why you don't manage mm. I don't want no, I'm not going to babysit no fucking artist. Because my temper's too short. I'm going to knock your ass out if you're oh. a dude. Why the fuck you ain't at the studio on time? Ooh. Small <laughs> shit like that. You know, why, why you ain't got the songs? You know, right. so I just stay in my lane as a producer, you know, engineer, and, you know, and I do consultations and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't have that experience. And mm. I, I'm grateful that I learned at an early stage in my career the game. So I don't have that, man, they gave me the no Vaseline treatment. Because, right. one, I came from the street. Mm. And that's still in me. <laughs> so let me just say that. Don't get it fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Don't get don't get the professional bots and making music bots and making money bots, you know, confused. You know, when people talk about mm-hmm. getting it from the mud, I done stood in front of that judge a couple times. Praying. Woo, did, you know, I went to, I did a music uh, ministry thing with my homeboy and I got in front of all them inmates. I said, the only difference between y'all and me, y'all got caught. <laughs> no, you <laughs> The only didn't. difference. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, right. I've been there. Right. I'm, I'm from the streets. And so that approach also helped me in business because, you know, I'm very straightforward. I'm very, you know, outspoken. I'm very mm-hmm. opinionated. But you have to be in this business because this business is a dirty game. It is. You know, not to tell too much of myself. Hopefully my mom ain't on there. <laughs> but I've been, I've been, I tell people this, I've been in the, the dope game, I've mm-hmm. been in the church game, and I've been in the music game. Mm-hmm. The music game is the, the, the craziest one. Yeah. It's the crazy, because at least in the dope game, you know who your enemies are. Mm. At least in the church game, you kind of know how the church shit go. This music shit? It's a wide man, range. Man, these niggas are cutthroat. Yeah, it's a wide range Bruh, of they fuckery. They are cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coming at different aspects. It could be coming, uh, what is it, signing a deal? Just fucking being in a room with somebody. It, it, it's 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 minuscule situations or things that, you know what I mean, that they look at and they and they nitpick and they do certain things. And it's just like, it, it, it feels like it's a lot. I'm not even in, like, producing. I'm not even engineering or any of that. I'm just a podcaster. But this shit is, it, it's different. Right. It's definitely different. So what do you give, what can you give somebody coming up as a producer, um, like give them advice on like what to do and what not to do. Cause I know you have, uh, something called the cookout coming out as well, but we'll get into that, um, here shortly. But what can you give like some, some advice for, for young producers and whatnot? Uh Oh, that, that T-Mobile ain't, (laughs) we back at it. It's all good. You <laughs> see, we were spending too much game. This is what happens when you spit too much free game to, to on Instagram. Instagram like to fuck my with phone you. <laughs> my phone. They know you. They know you on here. They know why does why that happen? And it's people who don't want shit. That's what's the worst part about it. <laughs> And it's, I can't, and you know, after your phone rings, like when you're on this live, when you come back, you can't hear. So you got to leave right. and come back. So right. my phone rung, and I got to get back. Oh, man, look. It's all good. It's I all good. <laughs> I ain't, anyway, I, I, ain't. Heard, I heard the last question. Oh, go ahead. You were saying something about young producers? Yeah, like what can you, what advice can you give um, some of the young producers nowadays? Because it, it's a lot of them, but they don't. 
they don't want to take the time to really learn the game. Like you're a self-taught person. So for them or nowadays, not a lot of producers want to learn the game. So what, what can you give them or what gym can you drop real quick for them? Well, one, you definitely got to learn, learn the game. And, and this is, I'm not the most spiritual person, mm. but even the Bible says study to show yourself approved. So I'm not going to approve you as a producer and you can't tell me what a PRO is. You can't tell me what a split sheet is. You can't, because the word producer is so thrown around loosely because a lot of these niggas out here are beat makers. There's mm. a difference. Say it again and for the ones in the back. Tell them again yeah. to the ones in the back. <laughs> it's a difference from being a beat maker and a producer. See, the difference between me and a lot of beat makers is I can take a record from zero to all the way to 100% completion. Mm-hmm. A lot of beat makers can't do that. All they can do is tell you a beat. Well, can you can you coach the vocals? Can you produce the record? You know, so everybody calls themselves a producer. Mm-hmm. Y'all not producing. Y'all making beats. You know, y'all making, right. I tell people all the time, y'all making records, but y'all not, I mean, y'all making songs, but y'all not make, making records. Mm. Records last. Uh-oh. So, uh, I know they found that I had a fucking interview. Anyway, so, <laughs> that's the kind of shit, you know, I, I anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and so... What happens is with these young producers, and I'm pulling up to my studio, so it's going to hop on Wi-Fi, so I know it's going to, you know, do that little pause shit. It's all good. But um, but um, they, they see how, they think it's so easy because everybody makes beats now. Everybody and their mama want to be a producer. Yep. And I'm like, everybody can't be a producer. I just can't. It's just, there's, you know, I mean, you can, but that don't mean you're going to be good. <laughs> so... I would tell them, first of all, you got to learn the game. You got to mm. learn the game. I'm going to get off my headset. Not going to I'll be able to hear. You got to learn the game. Uh, I always. You got to have some form of musical composition knowledge. Because mm. motherfuckers be playing shit. It be in the wrong key. The yep. 808 to the one way. All way. that shit. Look, oh. God damn it. You, don't, you need to have a basic knowledge, at least. Something, you know, know what scales go or whatever. I ain't telling you to be fucking Beethoven, <laughs> but you need to learn, you know, some scales, learn right. some chords. Right. That's what's going to separate you because if you don't, for your whole career, you're going to call a, you're going to have to call a nigga like me in and pay me to do what I do. <laughs> so learn that shit, you know? Right. And then all these producers, they sound the same. One, because they all use the same drum kit. They use uh, the same synth. They use the same sample. Now, remember we were talking about earlier, uh, you asked me about uh, screwed up. Mm-hmm. Click, and I said, mm-hmm. I told you, you come into my studio, there's a great cassette tape. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's my homie. That's my homie. <laughs> like I said. Dope, dope, dope. He was dope. one of the first on the first to like, you know, give me a shot. So mm. So that was before was that before Swisher House? Or during the signing of Swisher House or or the rap a lot? Um when did when did uh I wanna say that was probably before Before <laughs> but don't stop calling my phone. <laughs> God damn. Yeah that was probably before huh? 
God damn. <laughs> I, I mean, it sucks that when you put it on Do Not Disturb, it still lets you get disturbed. I'm weak. I'm weak. So, anyway. It's all good. It's all good. So, <laughs> so he became, or he was already somebody important in your life because you were looking up to him. And um, <clears throat> when he gave you that cosign, how did that feel? And then what was your next transition after that? Uh, well, the thing about at that time in Houston, man, it wasn't a lot of producers who could play. Mm. And I was a producer who could play. So I started getting my name out there simply because I took, you know, the time to sit and practice for hours upon hours. Where right. these dudes was out here sampling because Kanye was real big at the time. Um, you know, I was in the, in the lab learning. Right. Learning how to produce, learning how to play these chords, and so I started getting on a lot of feature records like Scarface and uh, Latoya Luckett. Like her brother actually did the track. Her brother, shout out to GL Productions, Gavin and the beat on, and they just had to call me in because they they can't play. <laughs> so uh, you know, Latoya's like, yeah, the beat's banging, but you know, I'm an R&B singer because you know G- GL is known for like a lot. They produce a lot of Slim Thug and okay. Boston George, and so they're dope dope as hell like they're my boys but you know they're not players so i started getting noted as a player right and so that's why i tell these producers you need to <laughs> learn something, something you're gonna call right i'm gonna i'm gonna eat into your budget <laughs> I ain't i'm about an yeah. hour baby get your money up i'm gonna eat into your budget so you like jada kiss the price learn. just went up <laughs> okay mine stay up I ain't buying been up. Jeez, so after, ain't tripping, after so. you signed to Swisher House, that's when everything kind of blew up for you, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I had the why did my screen keep that? I had the the local scene. I'm not gonna say right. I was running the local scene, but I had a prominent place in okay. the local scene. Like okay. people was like, you know, if you need that hot shit, go holler at Bot. If you need that musical shit, go holler at Box. I mean, you had people like N.O. Joe, uh, my mentor who I was with in Dallas today, Mr. Lee, doing doing what great things in Houston. Uh, you had my boy Kojak, who was on here earlier. Right. Uh, then I like uh, the dude I told you big time who was influential in me getting a lot of my big placement. So those were pretty much the big runners in Houston, and I was right there with them. Right there. Because one, they, they yeah, they, they needed me to complete a lot of records. <laughs> so... I was right there with him. So, you know, that's the dope part. (laughs) Man, look. (laughs) Call me in. Call me. And I'm pretty sure those studio sessions were like immaculate. Because back in the day, I I I mean, people emailed each other. I'm, you know, uh, my last guest, they was like, back in the day, it was more like email. You didn't really get into the session too much. Um, But I'm pretty sure. H Town is a little bit different. Y'all like to Way different. like to you know feel the vibe, so to speak. Everything is big <laughs> in Texas, so y'all like Everything. to do that. I came up there giggity, for All Star Weekend, and and I think it was um I forgot what else it was. It was some other stuff. Y'all y'all treated me great. I think when the core DJs had oh no the Ozone Awards is when I came to okay. Texas. When they was really, really big, and I think that was the time where um, Mike Jones had gotten to that fight, and that was, I think, the last. Oh, the- <laughs> that was the my last. My city, my city. 
that was the last time that the ozone but that's here neither here nor there so how right. how was the the um the musical aspect in Houston because I know each of the cities are kind of different but the same but how how is it um how was that gr- like growing up and and what did you like what genres so to speak did you did you like did did play a part in your music creation to this day um well like I said growing up with my mom mm-hmm. man my mom would listen to everything so I, I listened to everything from country mm. to pop to R and B to hip hop. So it's very influential in, in, in what I produce because I've been on the I've actually been on the Billboard charts, even though I hate this word. I've been on there for eight different genres of music. Mm. Mm. Why I've do you hate that country. word? Tell us tell us why you hate because the word. I first. think it, it, it locks you into a box. Okay. Like I tell people all the time that, you know, I produce music. I don't produce genres right. because it's like I, I give the difference between me and a lot of people with the Grammy Awards. Most people after the baby and hey, what up, Uncle Jam? After the baby and Megan them section go off from the the uh, Grammy, they're mm. not watching it no more. They change the channel. Right. Me, I'm sitting there watching the country. I'm watching the bluegrass. I'm like watching who wins folk. I'm watching who win orchestral because I pr- this is the kind of music I produce. I don't mm. just produce for the baby. I don't just produce for Megan, you know. I produce for, you know, I can do some Holland Notes if I wanted to. Mm. I can do some Elton John because I listen to their music. Like, I can go into stores that are normally not our colored stores. Right. And that music be playing, and I'm singing right along with it. And you oh, can yeah. you can look at these people's face, and they like, <laughs> how this big old 61285 black dude in here singing? Uh, uh, what was that one song this chick was looking at me one time? I kept singing... Uh, it's, uh, um, if you be my bodyguard, I could be your long life. I'm singing it word for word. And she's just sitting up there looking at me like, and I'm like, what? Because that's just my personality. I'm like, what? I wouldn't think you would know that song. I'm like, look, I'm a musical jukebox. Right, right. And, and if, if, even when we're in the room on Clubhouse, like Auntie Jackie for like, like two months straight was trying to just stump me with her old music. And she right. would play something. I bet you don't know this one. And I'll be like, that's so-and-so. She's like, dang, you <laughs> really do know a lot of music. I'm like, man, my mama gave me a taste of just... Everything. Everything. Mm. Like, it depends on my mood. Like, I'll wake up and want to... I'm going to just listen to folk music all day. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to banjos. I'm listening to how they move. I'm listening to their patterns because I can play that. I might, like, I have a, my nephew is in this, this rock band, shout out to CJ Bills, named Core. And they are like the number one rock band in the country right, right now. They just went on a tour. And so I had to do a record with him. But had I not listened to rock music, I would have been in there struggling. <laughs> but because I knew rock music, I knew their patterns, I knew how they break. Mm-hmm. I knew how they do on. Uh-oh, you breaking up, boss. You breaking up. You, I, you breaking up. Hold on, hold on. Study They said they can't hear you. You know what I mean? I study. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? They said they can't hear can you, you hear boss. Me? 
I can't hear you, boss. Can you hear me? I can hear you say, can you hear me? But I can't see you. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He said, oh, shit. It's all good. Go to www.allofhollywood.biz. <laughs> like, share, subscribe to my page. Follow me, MISS Hollywood 313. We're not, we're not done. We're he's gonna come back and we're gonna finish up the interview and we're gonna get up out of here. Um also follow So Hollywood. Um oh my gosh, So Hollywood the Creator, which is my creations page. Uh, give me just a second. We're going to bring him back up. <laughs> you need a new iPhone 12. That's 12. Tell Apple to give you your money back, Bob. Can you hear me now? Oh. Can you hear me now? I can't hear you. I can't hear me. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. You didn't take us to church. Because it changed for like two seconds. <laughs> you know what? All right. So you you it looked like you were saying something extremely good because <laughs> you were very passionate. Uh, shit, I don't. I got ADHD. I don't know what the fuck I was saying. <laughs> like once you said you can't hear me, shit, I don't forget. Like, now nah, let's just move on. <laughs> move right. on to the move on to the next. That's my boy Jamal. Jamal, what's up on my sticker? You supposed to be hooked me up. Uh-oh. I need to just need to holler at you, but uh, that's my boy. Dope bass player. Try to be. He try to play keys. He, I teach him a little bit, you know. But he, they got a dope uh, quartet group that I help produce. Um, I forgot the name of y'all group. Shit, there's so many people I work with, but they dope. Just know they dope. They dope. Yeah, they dope. Okay, so let's get into. Miss Delila's on here. You need to do. You need to do an interview with Miss Delila too. She she had a single drop last month that I produced called oh. Pull Up. Okay. So you know when you with your it's it's with it's 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 your giggity playlist. <laughs> your giggity. <laughs> That's when you and your boo and your bae or your side piece, whoever oh. you with. Yeah, it's one of them. <laughs> and when you play it, trust me, the energy of Bach comes through the song. So new creation, yeah, that's the name of the group. Oh lord, the energy of Bach comes through the song, and there's a, a, a energy sexually that I give everybody who listens to the song. Are you on forty two vibes? Are you forty two vibes? No, I'm not. <laughs> you know I met forty two. I met him uh, in Dallas two days ago. Oh my god, really? Is he, he came, like he that came to the for session. real? In real life, is he? He came to the session. I got a picture. I, I'm, I'm gonna post a picture today. Please, please post it because that man is so funny. Um, we man, have, oh man, he we had got me a lot dying to talk about. Um, so let's get into the UGK producing for um Pimp C. How how was that? And then we're gonna get into the clubhouse, uh, uh, clubhouse room that we we met in, and also um the cookout, which is something so great. You definitely have to mention that it's. So two day weekend, three day weekend. It just depends on where you at. Yeah, so, it's, it's, um, it's growing. It's growing. So I'll I talk about that. But uh, I met I met Pimp C through my boy Mike Mo. Shout out Mike Mo, okay. who's one of my childhood friends. Um, the story is Mike Mo was in prison with Pimp C. They were both in prison at the same time. And when mm-hmm. he got out, uh, his brother does music, and Mike and and ended up like, hey, but uh, Pimp C's over here, and he was looking for somebody to play like some organ. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, Mike hit me up. He's like, yo, come through. You know, Pimp over here. And, you know, you got a chance to get on his album. Of course, I came over there. They had the organ suited up. 
showed my ass. Not too That's good. pimp, that man. Pimp, I, I never forget. I walked in, I met him, shook his hand, and he, they tell me, you cold than a motherfucker on that organ. I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, I do a little something. You you better, let me let me hear what you do, what you do. Because pimp could play a little bit. People don't know that. Right. When I say little bit, it was just some of them old UGK records. That was him playing organ. <gasps> really? That was him playing organ. Yeah, people didn't know that. When I say a little bit, like he literally used to play three finger chords, <laughs> like that. Seriously. So I get in there with the studio. Pimp's there. Um, I don't think Bum was there. It was just Pimp. Uh, I think Jay from uh, Rap a Lot was there. So mm-hmm. Jay knew me. So like Jay had this like sm- smirk on his face, like this nigga's gonna blow your mind. Right. You know. Right. He knows. So of course, uh, my homeboy had a beat, and he was like, "Man, what you hear on this?" I just got on there, did my vibe. You know, once I kind of vibe it, I hear what I hear. I started playing. Man, Pimp jumped up. Like, jumped up on That's what the fuck I'm talking about. He's like, man. So from that point on, you know, um, I got to work with him because he was just so blown away. He's like, man, I ain't never heard nobody play that motherfucker like that. And, you know, oh. so he's like, that's Mike, Mike. Every time I need a beat done with the motherfucking keys, you get that motherfucker back here. <laughs> And so I ended up engineering for him one time because Mike was supposed to be, Mike was his engineer. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't able to make it to the session. So I was already there because I was doing the beat. And so, you know, Mike was like, hey, Bot, I'm going to need you to engineer Pimp. And I was like, cool. So me and Pimp kind of had that vibe. Now that night, Bun was there. So I did a song. I was actually there when he recorded his verse to uh, International Players. I was there when he was writing. The one with, uh, yeah, I'll carry So I was there for that. And, uh, you know, p- messing with Pimp, man, you know, Pimp has instilled, if he didn't instill one thing in me, it was being on time. <laughs> and there's a story I could tell about that, but I know we got a lot more to cover. But <laughs> just know a train held me up for a session. And I got to the session and Pimp was like, you know, what motherfucking time was the session supposed to start by? And I told him, how much we paying you? I said, a hundred an hour. We ain't paying you today, but you're going to work. I bet your ass be on time next time. I'm like, God damn, Pimp. Well, <laughs> but, hey, man, Pimp, Pimp had principles. When I tell damn. people the principles he used to instill, he just like, if you can't be motherfucking professional to be on time, you don't need to be in the motherfucking business, but mm. got it, bro. Because <laughs> I told him one time, I say, I say, Pimp, you know I could knock your ass off. <gasps> no, you didn't. I, yeah, because he, he, but it wasn't in no bullying way. We was joking right. around and. You know, Pimp had a slick mouth. The shit you hear him speaking on record, that's how he talked. Oh. He talked, and you know, man, I, nigga, I bitch slap you. And I stood up <laughs> over him because he's shorter than me. I say, nigga, you do know I can knock you out, right? Man, I don't want no problem with you, big boss. I'm just fucking. I say, nigga, I'm going to take your commissary and take your smoke, man. We used to just joke, man. <laughs> Pimp, was, Pimp was hilarious, man. And he was just, that's the way he talked. Mm. But I got to meet so many people through him. I met Too Short. I met Pimpin' Ken. I met E-40. Uh, and I got to do records. And I was telling Mr. Lee earlier today, I said, man, the sad thing about it is I had about 15 records I produced for Pimp and Bun that will never come out. That just will? Won't come out. It they, will never? It, it won't. Nobody. Because but after he died, his wife, Shanera, kind of had the rights to his music. Oh, okay. And she, I think she did. She ended up doing a bad deal. I don't want to speak too much on it, but the music will never come out. It just won't come oh, out. And so man. I say it sucks. Cause like, I'm like, 
shit, that's a whole year of my life. I was in there working with this dude. Facts. Yeah, Facts. You know what I'm saying? Pimp, but can you pimp, play pimp, it for your, can you play it for your personal reasons or no? You have I don't no even have ex- a file. Wow. When he died, I think he was still in, in a contract with Rap a lot. The week after he was buried, they came and got all his files. And when they come get your files, you hey. it ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> you need you anything else? else? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Dude, I I don't want no problems with rap a lot. No, I told you, I got not. I got a great relationship with him. <laughs> he said, so, unlike some other people, I got great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I done seen some things that we will not speak about. Yeah, we but, don't uh, want to talk yeah. about that. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. right. So working with him, man, um, it was just. It was just, you know, you have seasons in your career that are very, very um, influential. And right. he was very influential. I, 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 I learned, I watched this guy talk his mind to these ex- executives. Mm. Like, he talked to them just like he talked to us. You know, some people get in front of these record labels right. and all that, and they kind of contour themselves. Right. Pimp be like, man, where my motherfucking money at? You know what I'm mean? saying? You like, goddamn. He was the Pimp Ice Cube, I, he was the ice cube of, of Houston, so to speak. It worked. <laughs> <gasps> he was worse. For real? And Pimp, Pimp didn't play, man. Pimp did not play. He, But Pimp did not play. So um, I learned, like I said, I learned about being right. on time. And every, every artist that works with me know how I am about time. Like, I was in Dallas. <laughs> my session I had third, uh, Wednesday night. Uh-huh. And it started at 7. And the artist who was supposed to be there got there at 8.05. Came in like a little diva. And I just looked at her. And, and, and the people I was with, they was like, bye. Because they know how I am on time. I said, What time they told you the session start? And she's like, uh, They didn't tell me. What? I said, Well, I knew for three days what time it said. So you you just didn't know? Well, I knew and I got here earlier, then I left. Okay, well, I said, So which one is the truth? You know, I'm eating her ass up. Right, and they just right. laughing because they know, they know I'm spending. I was like, Well, you know, well, you better kill your verse because, you know, I don't do that late shit. Right. And she was like, Well, who are you? I'm the producer of the record you finna get on. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Next time be on fucking time. I, and I told her in front of everybody, I said, well, when you're not on time, it's not professional. I said, let's not let that happen again when you're working with me. I said, I don't know who else you work with, but when you're working with Bot, be your ass on time. That's it. Wow. And she ended up, ended up going in the booth and laying an egg. And like, I I don't feel comfortable. And I, <laughs> I just ate. I said, you full of excuses. I, I said, well, cut the record however you want. Anyway. But um, yeah, so <laughs> working with UGK has... It's just giving me principles of how I carry my career. And that's one of the reasons I tell you, I don't have the experience of saying somebody messed right. over me. Right. I was able to sit under pimp, mm-hmm. be on time. You know what I'm saying? Speak your mind. Don't, he told me, he's like, man, don't never let these these white boys put you on a leash from no record right. label. And that's one of the reasons I haven't signed since rapper. Like, I haven't signed any publishing deal. Wow. Because... They want to put you on leech. You know what I'm saying? Right. I had I've had deals from Universal. I've had deals from Warner Chapel. I've had deals from Capital. I've had all these kind of deals on the table. But you know what I'm saying? You're not gonna take forty to fifty percent of my publishing. Why? Not when I can almost get in the same windows you're trying to get me in by myself with the people I know, right. and I can keep a hundred percent of my shit. You know what I'm saying? Big so facts. that's one of the reasons I'm not fine. Like I could have a pub deal easy. I just. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> he said, "Nah, I'm yeah. straight." <laughs> so where I'm you where you new. are now? Um, what was 
a lot of your influences because I know, of course, UGK was was a major influence, and throughout your life, mm-hmm. it had to have been more. So, um, can uh, you list like your career, like where you were during that career time, and who was your influence? One of my, one of my, time? one of the guys I really, you know, not idolized but kind of loved his production was Dark Child, Rodney Jerkins, mm-hmm. because um, you know Rodney, he he just his feel, his feel, and so. Um, I've never met him, but I met one of my other guys I like, which was Scott Storch. I was able to work with him in 2007. I was working with him for a week at the Hit Factory Criteria. Yeah, we were working on Nelly Furtado, Method Man. Um, I was able to work with him hand-in-hand. When I say hand-in-hand, like me and him hung out. Like, we went to the mall. He's the first person to put me on jerk chicken and Cold Stone ice cream. I knew nothing about Cold Stone before Scott Storch. So, um, It'd be funny. We'd be in the session. He'd be like, "Boss, what you want to eat? Jerk chicken." Like I had jerk chicken. I was up. It, it's funny. It's funny. Like I got there on a Sunday. I think I met him that Monday, and I think like he took me to the jerk chicken. He took me to the mall, and I want to say, out of them six days I was there, I had jerk chicken like five days. Yeah, I just I. Just Man, it. Just, it was just something new to me. I was like, <laughs> barbecue and Mexican oh, yeah. food. You know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. Exactly. So this jerk yep. chicken with that yellow rice, now I don't really fuck with the plantains. Like, I, <gasps> you really? had them I on good ass bananas and shit. I love them. But, um, yeah, man, I I got to work with Scott Storch, and that was, you know, I've been blessed, man, to just work with some dope people. You know, I've worked right. with, I, I sat next to him with me and him playing the piano together. Just being in a room like, with somebody like that is yeah. probably yeah. enough for me. Would would probably be enough for me, but you literally But I've never been starstruck. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm not you the, never ooh, had a fa- you never just, had a fan out moment. You never had never in your I I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the I'm gonna give you it's not a fan moment, but it's um I say this every time everybody asks me, when did you know you kinda had it or you arrived? Right, okay, okay. When I first start working with Maya Maya came to Houston and I guess she got she asked her manager to get all the hottest producers tracked so she could pick you know who she wanted to work with so he told me the story she had just got off a long flight I think coming from overseas Mm -hmm. and he loved my track over everybody so Mm -hmm. he played them and she didn't like none of them (laughs) but he said he knew Maya right? and so he's like I knew she was tired I knew she had been on a flight and she just you know she was just kind of next next he said the next day she got a full night's sleep. And she was like, so what am I, you know, the beat? He said he played my exact same CD and she was in love. Wow. So I was in, here's the thing. So she started writing. She brought her writer in and they were writing on one of my records. I was in Atlanta. Mm. I was in Atlanta working. And then Dollar Bill calls me her manager. He's like, yo, Maya's going to cut your record. I'm like, what? Maya? He's like, yeah, she loves you. You know, she cutting it like three of your tracks. So I'm like, I didn't. I think it was like a Wednesday, and I wasn't supposed to leave Atlanta to like Saturday. I'm like, <laughs> man, fuck this. I'm gonna change my flight. So I changed my flight, and I land. I go straight to the studio. Maya's in the booth. Maya's in the booth cutting this record. She does a run, and we laughed about this on my podcast because she remembered the moment she did a run, and it was wrong. And mm. so I hit the talk back. And mind you, I'm walking in the room. She doing the run. I hear the run's wrong. I hit the talk back like, yo, that's wrong. It goes, and I sung the run. And she kind of, like, was in the mic, and she kind of did, like, oh! Like, like, who is this telling me 
you know. And then she sung it, she sung it, and she kind of looked at me like, oh, okay. So she ended up finishing like the verse or whatever. So she comes out the booth and she was like, and to whom my, may I ask is giving me, you know, directions on how to do my runs? And I said, oh, I'm D-Bot. And she was like, oh, you're D-Bot? Oh my God, I love you. I love you. And I was just like, whoa. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, right, right. Maya? Like, the Maya? Like, whoa, Maya. And, you know what I'm saying? Baby, him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, that moment was like a, a pat on the back to my my like my ego and career. I was like, mm. damn, that's and I had already had the year before I had had my big record on Billboard going crazy. Okay, so it it just I was like, damn, you know. <laughs> and and what people don't know, like after that, me and Maya developed like a real real friendship mm-hmm. because she would get dropped off at the studio and me and Maya would be in the studio by ourselves for like 18 hours straight. Wow. I take her to go get something to eat. She'd be like, Hey, I want to go work out. I personally went with Maya to 24 hour fitness at 2 AM by herself for her to work out. Well, I worked out too, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. Like, like we got each other's numbers. Like she texted me on my birthday and happy father's day and Christmas. And I, you know, we're, we're cool. Right. Like, like she saw saw on my Instagram that I was doing my podcast. she called me. She didn't even text. She's what? like, congratulations. She's like, you know I got to be the first guest? I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> so, if you go look at my podcast, she was the very first she's guest. Hell first yeah. week. So, yeah, Maya's, Maya's like, she's the homie. So, and don't forget um, to plug your podcast. What's the name of your podcast? The podcast is Thinking Outside the Box. <laughs> um, it's on the Patreon app. I don't podcast for free. <gasps> I need to get like you. You need to put hey, me look. on because that's why I'm trying Patreon. to. I'm trying to monopolize. Mon- monopolize. Patreon. <laughs> look, look. If you have something to say and people want to hear you, get on Patreon because you can get they. I get a direct deposit to my account every month. Listen, we gotta talk and about this. We gotta talk about this. <laughs> Off the that's yeah. We'll talk this offline. Yeah. But yeah. Um, mm. I got up to number three on the Patreon app, and I just I started getting so busy I wasn't able to podcast because mm. the way they. The way they rate you is um, the amount of podcasts and how many of your subscribers participate. Because oh, okay. Patreon is kind of like Facebook. You can do a podcast, excuse me, and people can comment, people can like. Yeah, you can add a picture. What? And so yeah, yeah. It, it, they base it on your interaction and shit. You can't have no interaction, you ain't doing no podcast. Yeah. I, was, I first did it at the end of the pandemic. Like, I just made a year on my podcast last Congratulations. week. Congratulations. No, this week. <laughs> this week. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So I was doing, I was at the, cause I had closed the studio cause of the pandemic. Right. So I was doing three, four podcasts a week. Wow. And so them, them subscribers start going up and them ratings start going up. But shit, the last six months, my career just been, I've been busy, busy. Like, yeah. So I haven't been able to, but I, I found a, a solve for that. And, and I'm going to start doing what I call car combos. Cause I have great thoughts while I'm in the car. Listen. And, yeah, my podcast is only 15 minutes because I think people all have ADHD. <laughs> and so nobody wants to sit and hear me talk. They love to hear me talk, but nobody wants to hear me talk more than 15 minutes. Right, but right, right, right. In them 15 minutes, I do, you know, I do motivation, I do inspiration, and of course I do comedy. Right, of so, course. So, you know, you got it though, comedy. <laughs> yeah, man. I be, I be, I did one, <laughs> my homeboy, he said this is his favorite one. I did one called Headhunter. Oh. That I, that's, I, that's all I'm gonna say. But that's one of that was one of my highest rated podcasts. Like of I can course. see, 
Like it was like ninety four percent of my my subscribers lit, and they commented like, "Bye, bye, you nasty." Like he's crazy. <laughs> oh, you he, nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I did one. I did one a couple of weeks ago that was nasty. I forgot the name of it. Uh, Miss Jackson, if you nasty. Oh my that god. That was the name. Look, Jamar, Jamar is on now. <laughs> he, he's a subscriber. Yeah, because I have two levels. I have okay. the, the PG level. Mm-hmm. Because like my mama wanna laugh, you know right. my, my mama's church people. They can't. My mama loves her son, but she don't like to hear me curse. Facts. My mom's not a curser. Facts. So I made a five dollars platform where you you don't get as much content, you know, but you'll get you about four or five a month. Well, I'm not cursing. I'm not talking explicit. But that ten dollar, <laughs> yeah, that's all, man. I had a woman. She say I have never heard somebody call women bitches as much as you in this podcast, <laughs> and it is hilarious. Because I'll just be like, man, you bitches crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, my God. Make sure y'all tune in to that. Oh, yes. <clears throat> For sure. I would love yeah. to come. Either one. Either one is fine with me. No, we like... doing the $10. <laughs> we do $10. $10. We not doing the PG. Because I, I done had to edit the, the, $10, the $5 because I done slipped in curse or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm a cursor. I, that's my natural language. It's I'm okay to cuss cursor. up here too if you like. If you like to cuss, I heard you curse. That's what I knew. I was welcome. <laughs> I was like, see, this is gonna be the best fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm like, what's that? Goddamn! Let's curse. Yeah. You know, all the church people. The church people be like this. I be like, bitch, you curse right, more than I curse. Cussing that right you now wanna, in the back of the church, yeah. smoking a cigarette. And you want to get on Facebook talking about LMBO? <laughs> you be laughing your ass off. Oh, you ain't laughing no no butt. Where you go? <laughs> you are crazy. <laughs> Listen, okay, well, we gotta get we gotta get to it. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of the pandemic, okay, so that was 2020. So 2021 was kind of like your your new leaf to turn over because you dropped a single um, called Tacos and Titties. (laughs) And I want to know where that came from. And also um, how, I guess, the clubhouse situation came around. And then, of course... The cookout, last but not least, the cookout is, okay. is the biggest thing. So we'll go, that we'll we go in order. Yes. All right, I told you I got ADHD. So right, right. Order, it's okay. <laughs> so um, the single came about. Mm-hmm. One day I got on Twitter, and it was a Tuesday, and I saw this chick. She uh, tweeted, fellas, it's Tuesday. Which one do y'all want, titties or tacos? Oh. And so I was like, man, that'd be a good podcast. I was like, I should make a song called Tacos and Titties. So I, I initially did it just for my podcast feed. Okay. And I put it on there. When I tell you the people went crazy, they was like, yo, you got to drop this. Like, no, <laughs> no, like, you got to drop this box. This is some some crazy shit that's going to go gonna go platinum. You just got to drop it. So I was like, y'all sure? And they were like, yes. Everybody was commenting, man, I can't wait to hit on the radio. I was like, fuck it. So I went back and cleaned it up. I mixed it. I made the beat knock because, of course, the beat is a twerk beat. You know, yeah. you're going you're yeah. to twerk as soon as you hear. Yeah. And um, I had Auntie Jackie. She did me a press release. Yep. Um, yep. Shout out to Auntie Jackie. Shout yeah, out Auntie shout out Jackie. to her. And she did me a press release. She put me in so many markets that people were waiting for the song. They was like, super produced. Yeah, there it is. 
She be on her shit. <laughs> Listen, she hit me back. Shout out, you know what? I, I damn near want to comment her name. Hold on. Let me see if she going to bring her ass on this. Right. <laughs> Auntie Jackie. I want to comment. And she be man. talking shit. And, and she, she be talking. Look, Listen. Listen. Auntie Jackie. You would not believe that I met her in November on Clubhouse. People think that's my real auntie. Really? Man, I, we met her in Clubhouse. Rothstein, too. I didn't know Rothstein before Clubhouse. Wow. So we're going to get to that. But anyway, because that's, that's the next question. Yes, I yes, do remember yes. that. <laughs> so um, so I, I, I did it. She did And I released the song. Mm-hmm. My first week alone, I had, I think it was 600 streams the first week. Now, mind you, I'm not an artist. I've right. never put out a record. I've never done, but I made my girl, my uh, shout out to Brand with Creative Etiquette. She did me a, a dope ass logo. I mean, uh, artwork. Because uh-huh. I had to think like an artist now. So then I had to go register the song with BDS, <laughs> sound scan, sound extent. And the funny thing about doing that whole thing is I can tell artists now, like, y'all dumb. This shit took me 15 minutes. Mm. How can y'all not register y'all songs? It didn't, it was no pulling teeth. And it's not that I'm smarter than y'all because I've never done it. So right. I've never registered a song. And so I went and did it all in like 15 minutes. I'm like, why y'all get on Clubhouse? How you do this? Why right. it take so long? It's hard. Bullshit. You just dumb and lazy. So I dropped the song. And when I tell you the response, they, Auntie Jackie and uh, Rothstein played it in Hollywood. I mean, Hollywood. I'm looking at this food. I'm at Miss Hollywood. <laughs> uh, um, I ain't mean to call you a fool, my Is brother. That's just high talk. Yeah. Uh, they played it at a strip club in Atlanta. Oh. The people in Atlanta want me to come perform it. They look like the club went crazy. And then I had several radio DJs like, yo, can you make me a radio version? Because we love the record, but we can't say titties right, on radio. Right, exactly. So that's when I had to make Tacos and Biddy. Ooh. Which don't hit as hard as titties because <laughs> Biddy, 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 Biddy. You know what I'm saying? But it's still, you know. Right. For what it's, it's worth, you know, it's but and, yeah, and, and so the thing is, like, the, the white people love it. Like, the white people <laughs> love it. But I tell you, they, they, when I look at my demographic, mm-hmm. it's people in England, Australia. Uh, yeah, this, you know, and they, they love it. Has and it, so has it um, every been Tuesday, over to, I to get about, TikTok? But has it gone over to TikTok? I, I have it get because my I'm shooting words. my video. <laughs> We're going to talk about it because you. We're going to talk about okay, it because go we yep. got the rest of it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how it came about. And 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 every Tuesday, you know, people are, are tagging me in their pictures and their videos right. because some of them be eating their tacos. Yeah. And then some, I got some, like I had one with Big Free to talk about titty, 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 titty. So <laughs> it's been a hit. Right. It's been a hit. But right. it's, it's really going to hit once I do this TikTok campaign mm. after I do this video. So. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. let, that segues me to Clubhouse. I got on Clubhouse uh, at the end of October. Okay. And I really, like most people, I kind of had to feel it out. You know, it was something new and, yep. and I can talk. So, you know, I wouldn't, I've always been outspoken. So Clubhouse was perfect for me. So I ended up getting on there and I started meeting all these artists. And like all these artists was like, yo, you the producer I need. So artists were literally, were literally flying to Houston for me to produce them. And so I was getting two, three artists a week. Like literally, Back to back to back to back to back to back. Yes. And so um, I met a lot of, met a lot of great people on Clubhouse. And so um, Clubhouse didn't, didn't make my career better. It just enhanced it. Right. You know what I mean? Because I had a career before Clubhouse. Right. So 
I'm not dependent on Clubhouse to blow me up. But what it did was put me in a conversation in people's mouths that I didn't know right. exist. Right. I didn't know an Auntie Jackie. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a Rusty. I didn't know a Miss Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it really, you know, our room that we run on there really focuses on building your network. Yeah. Because when we got on the app, it was me and Rusty running that room at first. The room was my idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't make it. He made it. Right. So, um, but Auntie Jackie was just Jackie then. And she always said she was nervous because she was like, I was here by on stage cursing people out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, if I say the wrong thing, he's going to curse at me, too. And she tells you that. Auntie always say, I was scared. Like, Boss is scary. Like, he's just scary. And so she came on stage the first time she talked. And I said, man, you sound like somebody ain't. I said, matter of fact, your name ain't even Jackie no more. We're going to call you Aunt Jackie. And that's how she got Auntie Jackie. So... Um, she always say she don't like it, but she like it. Yeah, you know, she be, yeah. I call her AJ because I hate type, typing that shit out. So <laughs> I was able to meet her. And, you know, I've met, I've met three of my sponsors for my podcast because I got six sponsors for my podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have a bi, a bi-monthly, they pay me. You know what I'm uh, saying? I need, yeah, Clubhouse is just enlarged. If I had to use the word, it enlarged my career. Mm. Because from that app alone, since last November, I produced 78 artists. Damn. 78, you know, Damn. 78. And some of them have EP, some of them have singles. Um, I had my first international client. She flew from Toronto. Wow. Now, mind you, she knew coming here, when she go back to Toronto, she was going to be quarantined for a week and a half. Right. Oh, my. She still God. came. She took the risk for a box. Listen. Just to come work. Yes. What? From Clubhouse. Met her on Clubhouse. Wow. So um, Clubhouse is, is definitely enlarged my career. I've been able to talk to a lot more people, network with people. And I, I have become in love with the indie artists because I think the indie artists, they just don't give a fair, get a fair shot in this business. Right. So that segues me, segue me to the cookout. The cookout is an event that was birthed from a songwriting camp I was at last year in Atlanta before the pandemic. Okay. And there were some big A-listers. I hate using that word, but because we're in the industry, there were some A-list writers who had some hits under their belt that they wrote. Mm-hmm. And then there were some newcomers, some independents, let's just say. Didn't know how to put together a pre-hook, didn't know how to count bars. And when I tell you these A-list people made these people feel so shitty, mm-hmm. they talked to them crazy. And not like the, 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 the hood person in me sometimes comes out in the studio and I wanted to knock these dudes out. I, I'm not lying, because they were both males. But it wasn't my session, and they paid for me to come and be a guest producer. So I didn't want to, you know, I just know studio etiquette. Right. Now, had it been in my session, it would have been some words said, and hopefully, you know, not no nothing flung back and forth. But so out of that, I was like, man, I hate, like, I saw one of the writers cry in the studio. I saw one of the writers said she wanted to quit and give up on music. And I saw another one just leave. She just left. Wow. And then it was a dude there who was just like, man, this ain't fair that y'all talking to us because we don't know. Y'all talking down to us because we don't know. Y'all talking about us because we don't know. Why don't you teach us? And, you know, instead of making us feel like shit. And so out of that, I was like, man, that needs to be something for these independents to, to learn the game, to learn like I did. You know, mm-hmm. coming up, I was in environments that nobody made me feel like this. Probably because, you know, you know, most of the time <laughs> I'm bigger than most people in the studio. With. But right. without that being, you know, and so... But then the pandemic hit. And so I was like, dang, because I was thinking about doing it last year. Right. So earlier this year, I talked to one of my best friends and he's like, man, what was that thing you were talking about doing, you know, for the independent artist? 
And I said, oh, the, you know, I didn't call it the cookout. Mm-hmm. I called it the jam session. That was the original name for it. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a, you know, the pandemic, da 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 And, you know, we still ain't out of it. And he checked me. Because right. anybody who knows, you know, I don't do no excuses. Right. Don't don't ever tell me an excuse. And he like, I was telling him this, and he did. He folded his arms, and he's like, and he looked at me. He's like, I'm like, what? He said, what d Bot said. And I'm like, what you mean? He's like, you don't do excuses, bro. Ah! So either you're going to do it or you're not. Right. And, you know, from that day, I was like, you know what? <laughs> you're right. So, you know, it's crazy how it came together. Right. Atlanta, we did it in Atlanta like a, about a month. I want to say maybe a month before it actually went down. I met uh, Megan, who was at the time my assistant. Uh, Miss Delila was an artist. She, she, I met her. I started working with her in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew my boy Sean, and I knew Brendalyn, and I had met Brittany on Clubhouse. Who's another artist I met on Clubhouse. And I told him, I was like, yo, let's go to Atlanta. Let's do some sessions in Atlanta. Let's do some records. It was called the Jam Session still. We didn't even call it the cookout. So we get to Atlanta, um, had a dope showing. Um, Titanic, I ended up meeting this rapper Titanic from Baton Rouge. was super dope. You need to do one with her, too. Okay. Um, we did one of her singles. Well, her single, Hustle, we recorded at that cookout. And Miss Delila's single, Pull Up, we recorded at that cookout. Wow. And we had we had um, Mace come through. We had Raz B come through. We had one of the housewives of Atlanta. Yeah, it was dope. So after we did that, I got the people together and I was like, yo, I think we own to something. Like we could, we could really, you know, do something. So I was like, where y'all want to do another one at? They was like, let's do LA. So we got to LA. We, you know, we, we put it together, the team coming together. We found us a studio out in LA. We did it out there. And, and in three days, in the days we did it out there, we had 97 people show up. Wow. Mind you, LA was on lockdown. Right. They weren't even out of that lockdown yet. We had 97 people show up. And out of those 97, I want to say at least 80 were independent artists, independent writers. And it was so dope. When I say it was dope, there was a situation where there was this guy who I met on Instagram, and he was like, I want to come to the cookout. You know, I, I need to learn that X, Y, and Z. So he comes, and I, we're in the room, and they're vibing on the music, and he's kind of just standing out, like, looking like a little kid, you know, who don't right. kind of the outcast. Right. And so... And he's bobbing his head and kind of moaning. And what I was like, do you hear something on this record? He's like, yeah, I hear a little something. I was like, well, you know, go talk to him. This is what the cookout is. This right. is where you network and interact. And he's like, no, they all. I say, look, this is my motherfucking event. Keep your ass over there. <laughs> I was like, if anybody say something to you, you come to me. You right. Because this is no ego. You know what I'm saying? We ain't right. got no, no. So he goes over there. I go back to my room. I swear to God, I come back 20 minutes later. He's in the booth singing. Singing what he late. And I'm like. Wow, and he sent me, he almost made me, he almost made me cry afterwards. He sent me this inbox, man, and he said, he was like, he had had some people in his family pass because of COVID. Mm. He was in a real low place, and he was like, the cookout was like his last shot. Like, if if it didn't go well, like, he was going to give up on music, but he said, man, I got so energized, and everybody embraced me. He's like, man, you know, y'all, you know, energized me, inspired me, and that's let me know. I told the, the team, I was like, yo, we got to keep doing it. Right. So where are we doing it next? We picked New York. Mm-hmm. We, you know, I got, I kind of, you know, got a new uh, uh, assistant. Shout out to Patrice Williams. She started doing her thing. She found the studios. She found the people to eat and all that, mm-hmm. the hotels. And so we booked New York. We did New York. And that's when I first met Rothstein. Rothstein okay. ended up coming. Okay. 
And so I met him. I met David from the room, and New York was just a vibe. And New York was crazy. So, of course, after that, you know, we do our meetings. We had already set the date then. We had already knew we were going to do Miami next. Right. And so, you know, two weeks, we'll we'll be in Miami. And, you know, we have a lot of in, independents who are coming. Even though, you know, Miami was kind of under fire two weeks ago for uh, Rolling Loud. Right. You know, my event is not, it's not nine million people. You know, right. it, it is studio-based, but. We still practice safe. Like, we can't have, once the tickets sell out, you can't come. Right. Because of CDC guidelines. Like, I'm not going to have 100 motherfuckers just sitting in the studio. Right. When we only can have 40. Right. So, that's what we're doing. Then in, in October, we're doing the DMV. We're going to be in Baltimore. So, and then we got Dallas in January. So, we already got the next three dates. And so, it's been very successful. I've had some sponsors come on. I've had. The team grow like it's crazy how the team just came together. Some of them I don't know, but it's like we're a family. Like we got a text trail and we text all day. Like we family, <laughs> we argue. Well, they argue. I don't really, I, you know, I don't know if you ever heard my famous saying in the, in the clubhouse room. You know, I tell them in a minute, man, fuck you. Oh. You know what I'm saying? I ain't, I, I, and so they're, I tell them all that. That's like my catchphrase. Like, they be like, you really be, man, fuck you. I, I, no, I don't care about none of that. Fuck y'all. And so, <laughs> but the team is, is is a team of dope the creators. I mean, you got Brittany J, you got Brendalyn, you got Corey, you got Luan Easton, you got Jay Kane, you got uh, Sean Williams, uh, Timothy Horton, Catrice Williams, you got Titanic. So the team, we got Daryl J. So it's a lot. And it's just crazy how it came together. And so, man, this cookout thing is, is, is rolling. And next year, I'm going to turn it into a music conference. Mm, okay. To where... I'm gonna. It's gonna be a three day conference. I already got the vision for it. They, they, everybody's excited for next year because it's gonna be a teaching thing. Like I'm gonna have classes on publishing. Right. I'm gonna have classes on cryptocurrency, how to fund your career mm-hmm. because you can get one NFT and and it blow up and you can fund your career for you know the, your whole life. Right. I'm gonna have songwriting classes. I'm gonna host a production class, uh, singing class. We're gonna have you know Wednesday. You'll get there. You know you'll register in the morning. We'll have some classes, and we'll have a mixer Wednesday night. Mm. Thursday, you have class again. Thursday night, we'll be at the studio. Friday, you'll have class again. Friday night, going to be the concert. We're going to go live. Mm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I got the vision for it. Okay. So it's, it's going to happen. And so we're putting that together. Now, the, the crazy thing about the one we're doing last year and this year in uh, Baltimore, we're having a live showcase. Mm. So if you're an artist and you want to perform, this is your time, you know, mm. make your way to Baltimore. <laughs> so we're going to have a live band. I'm going to be playing. Some of my boys are going to be playing. It's going to be dope. Mm. So that is, that's the new, the new thing I'm working on. But Clubhouse has been, been very pivotal to it. Um, I'd like to say probably 60 to 70% of the people who come are from Clubhouse. Mm. Cause you know, we advertise it and they see it on Instagram and they're like, man, I got to go. And they right. see the videos and like, man, y'all, was, that was a vibe. Right. So my my thing is not to make money. Right now, because I mean, you know, it's the initial part of it. I just want to see independence learn and grow. And it, it, I like sit back when I go to both rooms because we'll have two rooms at the studio, and it's just people who've never met before. You would swear they were best friends. You right. see them interacting on Instagram. Right. They doing records together, which is my thing. Like they're just teaching each other. They're growing. Their network growing. You leave the you leave the the cookout with at least 30, 40 new followers, mm. which builds your network. Right. Because now you got new fans. You know, so. um that's my vision for it, man. I want to empower some of these independents just so, you know, three, 
five, ten years from now, they can't say, well, I got messed over because I didn't know. Right, right. I did a dope song, but I didn't sign a split sheet, so I didn't get my publishing. No, I'm going to teach you this shit. <laughs> you shouldn't leave the studio without knowing your publishing. You know facts, what I'm saying? So facts, I'm facts. very animate. I am the independent artist's best friend because <laughs> I want to teach them. Because like I say, the industry shits on them for what they don't know and what they ain't having experience. So I want to teach them to put them ahead of the game. Mm. Y'all heard of his? <laughs> so, <laughs> let's move to our top five, and then we're going to do exclusive access. So if you have anything, get ready for that. And then we're going to do our wind down, which is our shout out, social media, last words. And last but not least, answer the question of the day. So let's do top five. Five questions, five answers catered to you. Um, Top five right. strip clubs your single is being played in. <laughs> oh, I would know. Um, the one in ATL was mm. Strokers. Okay. Um, it's been played in Onyx in Houston. Mm. I don't know the other three. Uh-oh. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not into the strip club scene. Not. I, I know a couple of DJs from. I don't know their names or what clubs they are. I know DJ Chill has spun it at one and DJ Curl, Curly. <laughs> I don't know what club they was at though, but okay. that's your answer. Cool. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Top five artists you've worked with. Top five. Let's say UGK, mm-hmm. uh, Fantasia, Natalie, Mike Jones, Maya. Top five moments in your career. Top five. First Grammy nomination. First platinum plaque. First song on the radio. Uh, first publishing deal. First time on the Billboard chart. Mm. <laughs> okay, top five. Well, you've only created one real song as an artist so top five songs you've created with other artists uh top five songs i gotta go to the one that's that's my biggest seller ever which is going crazy for natalie okay um houston love zero platinum houston love uh what's the other one i want to say Devin the dude uh she's gone UGK, she love it. Uh, Mike Jones, still tipping. Mm, you met, you was a part of Mike Jones. I already said that. Do you I remember know, that story? Yeah, I know that, but I'm just, I'm just, just the song. I recorded him, him verse and him verse. I recorded his verse and Slim verse. <laughs> And chameleon. Oh, we yeah, we that was on the last live. Oh, yeah, we didn't reiterate. Like I said, I have a chameleon story. Story. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that offline. Yeah, that it was. That was a whole nother ball game. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move to the exclusive access. If you have anything exclusive, you can mention it right now. If not, we can move on to wind down, which is our shout outs and social media and last words. Do you have anything exclusive? Really don't have anything exclusive. Nah, I ain't got my shit is all public. So <laughs> I mean, you know I don't have no exclusive. I you know 
It's all good. It's I all have good. no excuses. Okay. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> so with that being said, give your shout outs, your social media, your last words, and then you're going to answer the question of the day. And we are out this thing like a chicken wing on a string. <laughs> well, first shout out <laughs> to the awesome host of this podcast, Miss Hollywood. <laughs> Definitely got to shout you out. Yes. Uh, shout out to the Music Network and the Eagles team, Auntie Jackie, Rothstein, my people, uh, 42, Uncle Mike. Um, that's where we met. So you got to shout out Clubhouse. Uh, shout out to my cookout team, man. I already named y'all. I ain't naming y'all again. Um, shout out to my mom, my biggest supporter. Uh, Recently here, I lost one of my biggest my biggest supporters. So mm-hmm. shout out to Mr. Kayla Main of uh, the Wrecking Yard, uh, the OG call. We be bar- we actually burying him tomorrow. Mm. Um, he's getting yeah, I'm getting a mural put in my my hallway for him. So shout him out. Uh, shout out to my kids, man, my inspiration. Yeah. Shout out to them, and you know, shout out to all the independent creators, man. Keep doing y'all thing. Facts, facts, facts. And last but not least. Question of the day. Question of the day is, what bothers you about the industry? Why and what will be your solution to fixing it? Well, copycatism. Mm. I think the industry right now is lacking originality. Everybody wants to sound the same, look the same, do the same. And what I would do to change it. There's a saying I take, I teach all my people I work with that whether I mentor them or they're artists. Mm-hmm. And I say, play or write or sing what you hear, not what you hear. Mm-hmm. Now, so that goes over some people's head. Because what I mean is, if you listen to the radio all day and it's on a certain station and you're a writer or you're an artist, that's what you're hearing. So when it's time for you to write for you, you can't hear you. Mm-hmm. You hear that. So um, people know when they ride with me in the car, I don't listen to the radio. I don't listen to music. The only time I listen to music is when I work out at the gym. Mm. So there goes my phone ring again. It's okay. <laughs> only time. So I mean, yeah, it just it just yeah, it's busy. Friday's a busy day, but um. So I tell them to write what you hear and not what you hear because if you if you load yourself down with all the same stuff, same stuff, that's gonna come out. Of it just is. You're not going to be able to be original. You're not going to be able to have your own sound. And everybody can have their own lane in this business. Mm-hmm. But so many people want to be in this lane. When you got your own lane, you got your own sound, you got your own talent, rock your lane. Because, you know, wrecks happen when you get in other people's lane. Some people's lane is fast lane. You want to be slow. So there's a lane for you. You know, just rock your lane and, and stay in it and be confident and trust your dopeness. So mm-hmm. that's it. Some, pop- some people like to do drugs and swerve. Into other lanes. <laughs> I mean, don't talk about that. I'm from Texas. Not, we swerve. I know. Oh, no pun intended. I know. Look at that. Look at me with bars and shit. <laughs> Put me in the game, coach. Put me in the game. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Bring that beat back. But I really appreciate you for coming through, not once, but twice in one day. Twice. Yes, ma'am. In that thing. We had to chop and screw this thing. Look, you see that? We made it happen. (laughs) Made it happen. I got back to the eyes, Stacey. So I'm good. (laughs) I got back to the eyes. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I really appreciate you for even joining me. Um, tell Aunt Jackie that I said thank you for getting back to me <laughs> so fast with a date and right. everything. Um, be on it. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah. Be on it. Yes. And you have a single tacos and titties that is tacos streaming everywhere. So make sure you guys go stream it, like, share, subscribe. Um, view his Instagram page and get oh, give him your Instagram page. Box World Studios, B O T T S, no B O T T Z W O R L D S, B O T T Z W R L T O R D L D S, and the cookout underscore three times. That's mm. if you want to get more information on the cookout and follow the podcast. Thinking outside the box page, all one word. Thinking with no G, box with no S. Thanks. So. And don't forget to follow me in my SS Hollywood 313 and the podcast. So Hollywood, the podcast session 420. If you need to book your session here in Virginia beach, go to www.greenleafgang.com. Like share, subscribe to www.allofhollywood.biz. And if you have any last words, leave them with it. If not, we out this thing once again. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I ain't got no last word. We can talk for two hours. <laughs> All right. Y'all gonna, be good. I'll be good at it. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow because I think, yeah, no egos. Oh, Clubhouse. Don't forget to tell them about yeah. what time. Um, so Is it 7 to 11? 8 a.m. Eight, okay. I mean, that's 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 my time, yeah, 7 to 11, but 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. No egos. And tomorrow and Sunday, we're doing specialty rooms. Ooh. You heard it here first. Exclusive access. Yes, we out this thing. Mahalo. Peace. Thank you. Peace Yours truly, the Mohawkin. To be a guest on So Hollywood the Podcast, just email So Hollywood the Podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram, So Hollywood the Podcast and M I S S Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.